Hello and welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Energy Podcast. On this week's episode, we'll be talking about the Pokemon Company International canceling the Yokohama Open just a few weeks before it was set to happen. Of course, a side tournament happening at the World Championships in Japan. Well, it was happening. It is not happening <laughs> any longer. Another week in the Pokemon TCG and another cheating allegation, another cheating controversy coming to the limelight. Someone caught on stream doing something a little shady. We'll break it down, tell you what happened, and give our opinions on the situation. We'll, of course, have Guess That Flavor Text, everyone's favorite segment of the cast. And then one final tournament result to cover before the World Championships, at least IRL tournaments. We'll probably talk about some online events and stuff maybe next week. But talk about one final tournament result that happened this past week in Asia. We'll look at a few new cards that were revealed. And then we're also going to close things out on the bonus episode exclusively over on our Patreon. If you want to catch our weekly bonus episode, you can do it at patreon.com slash Uncommon Energy Podcast. My name is Chip Ritchie, joined here, as always, by my friend and co-host, Azul GG. What's up, Azul? How are we doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, Chip. Uh, I had a, a good week. It's been a good week. Good, good last couple of weeks. I've been. Really, it's almost like makes me kind of not dread. Like, I already know I'm going to have probably a bad time at the, the Worlds event in general. I've said this like a couple of times now. <laughs> I feel like I'm excited to explore Japan. Not excited to actually... I just don't like conventions with a lot of people, right? Like, I feel like... Regionals are sometimes a little bit more chill, but when it gets really crowded, I'm not a big fan of that. So kind of like slightly dreading worlds, um, not competing, but just the overall experience doesn't sound like it's going to be my cup of tea. And then, um, what's the I say? Oh yeah, but yes, because yeah, I've been getting loving just content. I've been streaming every day, except my Mondays. I don't stream on Mondays. YouTube video grind. I actually went to the dentist for the first time in... <laughs> <laughs> uh like five years plus like six oh years. my gosh <laughs> i did go to the dentist at one point in the middle of that you know i got like a cleaning or whatever um when i had Any to cavities no there was no cavities i mean i'm pretty good with my cleaning i'm pretty good my like you know the last four years or so of my life i've been really good about my my dental health and i'm getting better about my physical health um outside of my teeth more recently but yeah, I've been really good about my dental health the last four years. So no cavities, no. What they had to like, they have to like, like re, uh, refill a couple fillings. Like you know, they just got worn out over time from back when I had some cavities that got filled when I was younger. So that's it though. So I was like, I was like, I was, I was ready. I was going into it. I was like, all right, who knows? Couple cavities. Maybe I got to get a tooth pulled. But you know, I went into like mentally prepared, like on that level. But yeah, we went through it all and not really anything. Uh, the problem. I got to get a cleaning here. In, uh, it's got to get a cleaning and the couple fillings have to be uh, fixed up a little bit, but that's it. So I was very thankful that <laughs> that was the worst of it, to be honest. So yeah, it's been good. It's been good. I've been loving the, the routine, just being on in routine, the grind for content and then not having to deal with uh, any major dental issues. <laughs> Definitely a dub. <laughs> Didn't have a too eventful of a week, except for this past weekend. I did go to a league cup, my first tournament of the 2024 season and it was actually kind of fun because my younger brother came with me to his first ever pokemon tournament i say younger brother and i feel like people would like hear that and think he's like a kid but he's like 26 so younger brother <laughs> but adult younger brother and he played in his first tournament had a good time uh unfortunately i did not do really well i played arceus giratina 
and I think in theory the deck seems fine and it feel felt great the games I played but I had three games where I just had brick starts and did not get set up I lost two of those and then I lost another game that was just like a close game against a Gardevoir that I just ended up not squeaking out so um yeah I had some interesting games happen though it was pretty fun didn't make top eight and my brother didn't do very good either for his first tournament, but I think he kind of like, he felt it a little bit, you know, he was like, you know, I like this, but I just wish I knew he, he, do, he doesn't like play a lot on live and he pretty much only plays when he and I play like once or twice a week, maybe together really once a week or so. Uh, and then he'll like watch some YouTube videos, like he'll watch Azul or Mahone stream, but that's like the, the extent of what he knows and like keeps up with on, pokemon tcg so he was like kind of missing out on some of the like he read a lot of cards you know every time his <laughs> opponent played something he was reading it in round uh three he played against mewtwo v union had never seen mewtwo v union before <laughs> and so he's like what is happening but we got it sorted away uh and it was overall a good experience fun times shout outs to guild gaming in jacksonville north carolina it was a good time yeah it sounds like i do i will say i wish they started a little earlier because they didn't start until 2 p.m pretty late but once the tournament and the tournament we were a little slow getting started and we were a little slow getting out of there because they gave everyone to like of the play pokemon packs for playing but they didn't give them to you until the end of the tournament finish yeah and they waited to start the top eight and then give us the pack so it was like a little slow getting out of there a little slow getting started but once we got started uh between rounds and stuff everything was super super quick so shout outs to them for running overall a very positive event i would say yeah, I remember we I ta- I remember we mentioned we talked about this about your brother not that long ago. And I was like, you know, get him in there, get him to play some tournaments. You're like, I don't know if he's going to take it too seriously. But it was like he was mad. Remember, he was mad because he misplayed in the, the league His or the league, pre-release. Uh, pre-release. The pre-release. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now once again, bro, he's got that competitive drive. I don't know, man. I think he's. It was <clears> also <throat> funny, too, because we were driving away from the tournament and he was like, because he's played standard in this tournament. He's played standard with me. He's played GLC with me. And he's played the pre-release and we've actually done a couple like building battles ourselves too. Like he bought like a building mm-hmm. battle stadium. And so like we did that, which was pretty fun. Uh, and he was just like, uh, we, we come away from the league cup and we're driving home in the car. It's like about a two hour drive. And it was me, him and one other friend. And he was just like, I don't know, man. I feel like I just like the formats where, um, there's a lot more one prizers. That's what he said, where it's like the games <laughs> last longer. He said, I feel like in the games that last longer, there's more like comeback potential. <laughs> what, what One of the things he also said was like, yeah, I feel like I can, if in like the pre-releases or like GLC and stuff, he feels like he can make a small mistake and then like come back and still yeah. like recover and fix it in a future turn. But in standard, the games are, you know, five turns or less around five turns i'd say most games probably and you know everything is kind of mapped out they're flow charted out it feels like when the matchups a lot of the time some things aren't quite as you know according to plan but he was playing lugia so that i maybe didn't help that cause as well where it's just like it's kind of you're at the whim of whatever your hand kind of looks like most of the time yeah definitely yeah, the and then the other thing you mentioned was you the leak up started at two p.m., which sounds <laughs> not yeah. If you're pushing like if you're getting top eight and stuff, like what time did you get out of there? Like before top we eight, we left at like seven, and we did not make mm-hmm. top eight. So yeah, so that was going to like ten, ten p.m. or something like that, probably. Yeah, because I remember I mentioned this like back in the day when we were talking 
fucking locals, I think, as the first set of locals. Like, I remember back in the day when I started playing, you know, uh, it was cities and battle roads instead of cups and challenges. We were starting at, like, I feel like we were starting at, like, 9 a.m. Like, I remember getting up at, like, 7 a.m., driving an hour to the tournament, and, you know, uh, 45 minutes, hour later, you know, the tournament was starting at, like, 9 a.m. That's how I remember it anyways. But, and then something you mentioned about that as well, I was like, well, that's because, like, TOs used to run tournaments back in the day. You know, people have a little bit more experience running the tournaments, but nowadays it's just kind of the card shop owners. I will say they them. so this was their second league cup that they've run since league cups came back, right? Because they ran one quarter four, they're like yeah. the only quarter of the season. And I didn't go to that one, but a lot of the players there had been to that one, and that one was best of three. So they did learn their lesson. <laughs> oh they made the new one best of one. So it's like yeah. th they're willing to like change things. And of course, it's yeah. always good, right? Apparently, a lot of people like best two out of three, though, which is like another like I yeah, I'm like. I could not. Uh, I could not handle stuff. I'm just not levels. about it, just because yeah, of like trap. Like maybe it's just because like I end up traveling so much to the cups. Like it's such a distance. Like I'm willing to go, at least whenever I was like super heavy competing, I was pretty willing on the weekend with a group of people willing to drive like three and a half ish hours for a cup. Yeah. Right. And yeah, when that's the case, you know, you're waking up super early, getting there. You got to play all day you hope to make top eight if one of you in your car makes it to the finals like you got to drive three and a half hours back home that <laughs> night you know many times we're getting home at midnight and that's with tournaments starting at like 10 a.m right yeah yeah but it does seem like a majority of the community does like best two out of three so i mean i, I don't go to locals anymore so whatever people want to do whatever they want to run them with whatever i'm personally not a fan and over in europe i think almost all their tournaments are best two out of three for locals as well maybe not challenges but cups definitely yeah i think in australia it's the same way just because they probably they have less of them so, and I'm sure there would be a little bit more desire from most people if you got less tournaments. But like over here in America, we are kind of the, uh, we got plenty of tournaments just from cups and challenges and to regions and stuff. Best of one versus best of three is not often going to be a deterrent of whether or not people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are going to show up. Tournament. Pokemon yeah. players are fiends for the championship points, bro. They all. <laughs> the <laughs> they the shop was surprised how many people they had. They were expecting like twenty, and we had forty, so it was yeah. like double their expected attendance. Because Jacksonville is like kind of in the middle of nowhere, North Carolina, like on the yeah. east, eastern North Carolina is like a no man's land. To be honest, once you get between raleigh and the beach there's just like not much of anything going on there's a couple military bases but yeah. that's about it yeah like the first two quarters there's a lot of people go to a lot of locals i feel like the third quarter and fourth quarter does taper off a little bit you have like fourth quarter a lot of people aren't yeah. going except for the people who need those last couple points for their invite uh, but yeah first two quarters i feel like are always jam-packed but um yeah i think we move on speaking of tournaments a tournament that won't be happening and no one will be going to um is the yokohama open which was when did they announce it? That's what that's actually something I wasn't too curious about when I was talking about it on my stream the other day. Like, how long ago did they announce it? Because it was just this week that they announced that uh, it will no longer be happening. Yeah, so it's no longer happening. I'm not sure exactly when it was announced, but it wasn't too long ago because like all the world's information wasn't released until like the last couple months. But I think it's it definitely on, like, been within two page. months, I would say. Uh, but for anyone who doesn't know, like what the open tournament is, it's an event that happens every single year or in the past has happened every year since like 2017, I think was the first year uh, at the world championships. It happens during day two usually. So it's non worlds competitors for the most part competing in this event and it's just a way for people to get a jump start on the new season. Maybe you played in day one of Worlds, didn't make day two, or you're coming as a potential next season hopeful Worlds candidate. So players come, compete, and 
try to get into this event and try to get some championship points to get the next season kick started. I will say in London in 2022, it was the first time because of the structure of the tournament where only the top eight competitors played on Saturday. Um, Everyone uh, for the, besides the top eight competitors was able to play in the London open. So like even day two worlds competitors for the first time. So it made it definitely a bit more stiff of a competition. It's kind of been a tournament that people, you know, it's a tournament happening at worlds, but the world's best players are playing in the actual tournament. Right. So it's not quite the same level of a regionals. I would say for sure. It's, Um, I don't know. It's still pretty competitive pretty close though, because of how big it is. And you still have to like go, you know, and and there are still good players competing in it. Almost always. Like I mean, I remember the DC, the DC Worlds, the most recent DC Worlds. Like the two, the, the two people who won those was Igor Costa and Xander Perot. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> like there's and there's usually two opens as well. They usually split the tournament in half because there's so many people and there's no top cut as well. Which no one's really a big fan of that. I don't think. I think the lack of top cut, no one's a big fan of. But it's just kind of like a little supposed to be a little bit more laid back of a tournament i guess as well like it's supposed to be like a, a tournament that's still like somewhat co- like fa- fairly competitive still there's still a lot on the line as far as championship points go you don't there's no prizing it's like regional level championship points but you don't get five thousand dollars for winning um yeah there's usually some, some like packs. packs and like some prize wall tickets i think yeah yeah so all that stuff you know it's, it's gonna be a pretty competitive tournament still uh, none of the day two competitors are going to be competing there. Everyone who made it from day one to day two won't be compete, wouldn't be competing, or generally isn't competing into it. London was a little bit special with that, um, but then, uh, yeah, there's some, yeah, but it's not, it does not, it doesn't feel like you know, as uh, as big as something like a like a regional or an IC or anything like that for sure. So they released all the information about the Yokohama Open within the last few weeks. You know, ha- outlined the structure of what the event would be, but then this past week. Play Pokemon tweeted, regretfully, the decision has been made to cancel the Yokohama Open. Please look forward to participating in fun side events and activities throughout World's Weekend. And people, I would say rightfully so, were pretty bummed out and upset at this announcement, especially coming so close to the tournament. So there's kind of a few camps of people here, just kind of general like annoyance and upset which I would say is most people like, you know, this is a big part of worlds for a lot of people, you know, thousand plus players would compete in this event. Um, But there was several people as well in the comments who are just like, I was going to Japan for this tournament and now you've canceled it. And I will say like, if your plans were to go to Japan for this tournament and now it's been canceled, like it's no one at Pokemon (laughs) who like had announced this tournament wanted to cancel it right so it's like the fact that they had to make this announcement means that something like they feel like the best course of action is to cancel this event it's not because they want to it's because they feel like if they ran this event it would not be up to the normal standard of a pokemon tournament or something along those lines more than likely or like they literally just don't have the capacity to actually even run the tournament one of those things something along those lines so they felt like the best course of action was just to cancel it. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people commenting on it, it made it sound like, like two weeks before they made the when, when they made the initial announcement of the Yokohama Oma, Yokohama Open existing, that they were like, all right, two weeks from now we're gonna flip a coin. If it's tails, we're not gonna run the event. If it's heads, we'll continue to run the event. And then, <laughs> then this was the result of that coin flip. That's the way it kind of made like some people made it sound. And yeah, like we did see, like you said, it sucks that it's not happening. 
Um, I think it's a cool, a super cool event to actually have at Worlds. Um, like I said, it doesn't feel quite as competitive as like a regional or anything like that, but it doesn't have to. I think it's like a really cool event to have at Worlds ever since they've started doing it. Um, but if you were planning your whole trip from Japan to go and play in this event, like, I don't know what to tell you, but like, there were so many people who were going to want to play in this event. Like there's so many spectator badges out there. Everyone with a spectator badge had a chance, has a chance to play in the event. Uh, if you're a competitor in day one and you lose out on day one, you were guaranteed a spot, I believe. Um, so if you're a competitor in day one and you lose out, um, you are, you are, you were guaranteed a spot, but I'm sure your goal is to try and make day two. Um, but for everyone else who like was showing up with a spectator badge, it was probably going to be a lottery system to get in. There's a lot of people who would have wanted to play in this, a lot of spectator badges out there, and you probably weren't going to play in the event anyways. Just like, and obviously someone has to, but just percent chance wise, if it was going to be a lottery system registration, because I doubt they were letting everyone with a, with a spectator badge able to play, like you probably weren't going to be playing in the event anyways, to be honest. Like, so like basing your whole trip around it seems a little bit, um, I don't even know the right word to use there, but uh, poor badge, like a poor choice, like, um, and now if you're, if you're, and I don't think, and I think maybe most people had that kind of initial reaction just cause that's how they felt emotionally in the moment. And that's what they kind of vented out on Twitter, but I'm sure as they've kind of slowed down or thought about it a little bit more, they're like, okay, I'm still going to enjoy worlds for most people outside of Japan. This is going to be their first time in Japan. I'm going to go to worlds, get the world's experience still. And then I'm going to go find stuff to do in Japan. So I think most people have come to terms with it a little bit better, especially anyone who hasn't fully canceled the trip because the open doesn't exist. But I think uh going to going to worlds for the sole purpose of playing in the open is uh a, was would, would have been pretty ill-advised to begin with because you probably weren't going to be playing in the event to begin with because it was just gonna be a lottery system and majority of people aren't going to make it through the lottery system yeah i mean i played in the 2017 anaheim open and the 2019 dc open and i i remember registration was a nightmare then for the like, at least for the yeah. dc open it might not have been as bad for anaheim because anaheim was actually a pretty small worlds in comparison to like the more recent years that was the year that uh there was not that many people that qualified because of like they had messed up the point structure the, the way they had set up the point structure like it was too hard to get to worlds you remember they that had to year? keep like, like cutting it down right yeah they, had to keep, they, they yeah, lowered the, the bar part way through the year um but and I remember in 2018, I did not make day two at Worlds, but there was a uh, like people had signed up for the open before Worlds and then they were going to release some spots the night before the open. So like Worlds Day one ended Friday. They were going to release some spots Friday night. And I remember being Nashville? at dinner and everyone is sitting there on their phones trying to like register. And I made the conscious decision like, you know what? Didn't make day two not really feeling this tournament i'm not even going to try to register i'm just going to kind of hang out during day two go watch the stream and like do my own thing and not try to go play in the open but i remember like everyone at dinner sitting there trying to register on their phone <laughs> as soon as like the hour mark hit on the arcanine labs um so like i i remember those experiences of having a hard time registering for this tournament and that's before worlds is like the level of event that it is now where yeah. it's like so much more of a convention way more people are there we're in japan so like i can't even imagine the amount of japanese players that we're going to try to register to play in this which you know as they should it's a side event at worlds you know they're part yeah. of the world's experience as well even though they don't earn championship points from it um like it, it would have had to have been if there's a thousand spots in this thing like 
10,000 people trying to register for this tournament, 5,000. I mean, it's a lot for sure. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it would have been a lot. Yeah. Somewhere in that range, five to 10,000 probably spots. So like if you, like Azul said, like if you were planning your trip based on playing in this tournament, like that's it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of silly to have done that because th there is no guarantee. It would be like um, booking a trip to go like watch a concert somewhere uh, before tickets have even gone on sale, right? And then yeah. you get there and a million people are trying to do the same thing and, oh, all of a sudden you don't get a ticket, right? But at least here for Worlds, there's so much more to do, right? Um, you're in Japan, a new country, so you can do stuff outside of the World Championships like Sightsee, and, but there will be also so many to. unique Pokemon things. Um, obviously, we talked about last week how there's some issues there with availability to some of the features and stuff like that but if you at least have a spectator pass i'm sure like at least just getting in the door at worlds like there's going to be a lot happening you know outside yeah. of just sitting down and watching a live stream yeah hopefully there will be and it, it does feel kind of bad of course like like it was really hard for anyone to get into any of the lottery system uh activities uh, and then, of course, now the open is canceled. Once again, it would have been another lottery system. So even your mechanics, no matter how fast you are at RK9 registration, it probably wasn't going to save you. Probably would have been a lottery system like everything else has been up to this point. So you weren't getting into that either. So, yeah, you know, playing the trip around, going to Japan, going to Worlds. And then if you get into the open and playing, it would have been cool. But, yeah, I think uh, and I think a lot of people are com will come to terms on that as well. Like, I don't think this is like I think it's just like the emotional reaction in the moment from a lot of people was just like, this sucks. I don't even want to go anymore. Um, but I think once some people kind of realize they probably weren't going to be able to play in the open anyways, even if it did happen just based on the lottery system, you know, they'll be like, all right, I'm still going to Worlds, going to go hang out with friends, uh, find some stuff to do in Japan in general. Um, I think it'll be, I think everyone will kind of come down from it. And like I said, yeah, like we said, like I don't think TPCI, you know, put out the announcement two weeks ago or however long it was planning to flip a coin uh, five days ago to see if the Yokohama Open would happen. They probably made the announcement assuming it would happen. And then something came up and they had to cancel it. Now, would it be cool if they were transparent and told us the reason? I Yes, of course, right? We'd all love to know that. Um, but it's TPCI, so I'm not surprised at that. And uh, who knows? Maybe they'll still give us a little bit more information between now and Worlds. I doubt it. Um, and, of course, that would be nice for them to be a little bit more transparent. It does seem like they're kind of headed in that direction in general with stuff. But uh, they do seem to consistently come up, with short, come up a little bit short on transparency. So... Oh, yeah, that would be cool. But um, if you just if you still make it your way out there, I'm sure I promise you'll you'll still have a good time for sure. Despite no open. Yeah, more to do than just Pokemon tournaments for sure. Um, now, and also like there's an element to this as well. I mean, I don't know if you have a strong take in this argument, Azul, uh, as someone who is a day two competitor. Um, but in years past when the open happens, there are always like day two competitors who kind of have the sentiment of like, well, it's not really fair that so many players are getting a head start on the next season. They're already getting a head start on the next stipend that I don't even have the opportunity to play in. So that's not something that's going to exist this year. Good or bad thing. I don't know. What do you think? I think that was always just like a fine thing. If it just like kind of occurred that way, it's just like fine. It's not that big of a deal. And I think most of the people who even had gripes with that initially, like I didn't, I didn't see anyone complain about the opens the last couple times, right? So I think like basically that has basically become like null and void. And it, it, it never really mattered. It doesn't really matter. It never really mattered. And even the people who thought it mattered back then, I don't think think it matters anymore. Yeah, the challenge giving or the, the uh, what's it called? Giving 
points. Uh, the opens giving the those giving points, points yeah. yeah, just doesn't matter. And I think most people have come to terms with that. It just doesn't matter. So uh, not worth not worth worrying about for sure. But yeah, I never really cared. Um, I think the people who did kind of care, I don't even know how much they cared. Who The people who did care when the opens first started um, have come to terms with that. It doesn't really matter. I don't even think they care anymore. So <clears throat> won't be, uh, but now it'll be one less thing for people to complain about on Twitter. That's that's for sure. <laughs> well, speaking of people uh, complaining and talking about things on Twitter, there was something that kind of blew up this past weekend from a live stream. I think this is like a live streamed League Cup that happened um and it was benji fam shout outs to benji he seems to always be the person who's <laughs> catching and tweeting these instances <laughs> out um yeah. but a situation of another potential cheating scandal allegedly allegedly cheating occurring on this live stream so this is a league cup i believe that was happening in italy is that right as well yeah i mean let's see where milan is oh yeah yeah it's yeah. in italy yeah, I, yep. I didn't know exactly where it was. Okay. <laughs> oh, I thought I mentioned that to you before the podcast. No, no, no. Well, you might have, and I did not get that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure Milan's in Italy, but let me Google to make sure. But yes, <laughs> Milan is in Italy. Um, and I think that is actually where... You ever have those cookies that are called uh, Milano's or whatever? I've had those, yes. Yeah, I think they're made in... I might... Don't quote me on that. We I talked about it with my chat earlier today. I think, I think the consensus was that Milan... Oh, cookies were made in Milan initially, and that's where they're from. That's it. That's all I had to say. <laughs> Milano cookies origin. <laughs> Cookie concept, the Naples. All right. Well, you know what? We'll have to we'll have to research this later. We don't have the time now. As we'll stop typing. Stop typing. It's okay. <laughs> we'll get we'll get into it another time. But I yeah, could so be wrong, but I thought that was what at Go this ahead. league cup. Uh, it's kind of a, an interesting thing that I don't know that I've ever seen before. I've got the clip playing on the YouTube video for those who are listening uh, on the various podcasting platforms. But we've got two players here in round two of this cup. It is game three, so it's a best of three tournament. So we are in game three currently. It is currently the player on the right, Anna's turn. And Dario, the player on the left, is the one where the issue and question occurs. So... Anna's thinking through their turn, thinking about what they want to do. Dario starts to kind of straighten the board up, takes a second to straighten up the lost zone, picks up his lost zone, picks up his hand, and then places his hand where his lost zone was, and then picks up his lost zone, and now his lost zone becomes his hand. <laughs> it's a sick magic trick, Chip. Wild <laughs> sequence of events here. So <laughs> Something like I've never seen happen. Um, I can, I don't know, uh, Azul, what were kind of your first takes seeing this, uh, when it happened? So yeah, when I first saw it, I, I did put out a tweet. I was like, this is wild. And then I added Dario on Twitter and Dario responded, um, kind of, you know, stating their defense of what happened, that it was a mistake, uh, and that, um, that it was a mistake, didn't mean to happen. And that the previous hand was better for the scenario anyways, um, so the loss of take, taking the loss on hand doesn't make any sense. But after I, I then deleted my tweet because like, okay, Dario came forward with some context so I can work with this. And I'm like, okay, maybe there's a chance that, you know, this isn't intentional from Dario. So I deleted my tweet and I was like, okay, I'll review it tomorrow on my stream, which is today, which is going to be yesterday for everyone who's listening to this. <laughs> so I reviewed it on my stream. And if anyone wants to go back, they can go watch the VOD of my stream where I kind of talk through everything and break everything down and give my thoughts. Um, but based on the current board state, if 
Ana on the other side does not leave a two prize Pokemon in their active, then it's pretty good to have boss KO on Giratina from the bench for Dario, right? Now, whether or not that's the optimal line of play in this, whether it's optimal to have the lost zone hand or your original hand, uh, there's an argument there. But actually on how the game plays out, uh, Ana does end up attacking with the Giratina V-Star, leaving it in the active. Uh, and it would have been better for Dario to have the hand that is now in the Lost Zone. But in the moment, the hand that Dario has currently, I mean, it's not bad for this scenario. Um, so based on that, uh, it, I mean, it's possible that the thought process went through Dario's head. like, hmm, maybe I want my Lost Zone instead of my hand and then made the switcheroo. Uh, and then as the game progressed and it actually played out after Ana plays a Roxanne towards the end of their turn, um, which you can't see in the clip here that Chip's showing you, it would have been better to have the hand that Dario had then put in the Lost Zone, which contained two Super Rod, uh, two Colrus, and a Roxanne. So a lot of good cards. And all Dario needs at this point is an energy. And then Dario also, by a, taking by picking that. up his Lost Zone, does add like four Battle VIP packs yeah. or something to <laughs> the hand, which is like obviously just an unplayable card. What yeah, so those I are bad, kind of but does get, the, does get a boss and a jet energy, which would win the game if Ana does not play Roxanne. What's kind of tough for me to just wrap my head around at this point is like when someone sets something face down down here it's like pretty like pretty much the only thing anyone sets down here is their hand right like yeah maybe your discard pile face up but your hand is like the only thing that's going down here so it just is i, I just can't understand how it's in, on ha just habit right like just how yeah like how this would happen even in habit right that's what i'm saying like how would yeah, yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like how would this ever happen how would this happen by mistake you know yeah because like now dario picks up the hand looks at it and then now sets that hand into the loss zone i don't know <laughs> it's definitely a little it's sketchy wild. for sure but i don't want to say one way or the other exactly what i think yeah like i i don't because i don't know for sure what intentions are here in this spot i could maybe understand how this was a mistake but also like it just doesn't look like something that would naturally happen yeah so um another thing that uh, one another thing i noticed here when watching this and this is actually something that i've actually now picked up on after the whole situation went down with editor and i kind of walked through that and looked through that and kind of reviewed what he was doing uh and there does seem to be some like similar tendon or some similar actions here or movements here from dario where dario is just fidgeting with a lot of things fixes his board up, yeah, touches yeah. his loss zone moves his loss zone around realigns the energy moves the loss zone like a lot of just fidgeting right and that's what edder was doing when um when edder was cheated on the on the stream in bogota right um so that's one thing i noticed immediately is like just the way that dario was moving around cards was just like m doing a lot of like seemingly innocent moving of and uh, arranging of the board um and uh, there was, while I was fond of viewing this on my stream, some people did come to chat who were who said they were at the event, and one of them was the judge. Uh, and basically, the story, now this isn't 100%, so I'm just going to say what I think was communicated to me through the Twitch chat. Um, this is pretty close, so I'm pretty sure what they meant by everything they said was basically, after this round, the head judge of the event was contacted by someone, one of their friends who was watching the stream, and was like, Dario made this error on stream. The judge went, then went to Dario and was like, Dario, you made this error on stream. And Dario confessed to knowing the error happened, but not doing anything about it in the moment. So if that is true, and if they want to come forward and, and uh, dispute that, what I just said there, that's fine. So it's like all just was communicated through my Twitch chat earlier. So I don't know if this is 100%. 
or if those people were 100% there and how much information they have, right? Uh, but one of them does pretty much seem to definitely have been the head judge who I was talking to from the tournament. Um, so no matter what, if that is true, no matter how you look at this, Dario did cheat. Now, there's two there's two different ways that cheating could have happened, though. So no matter what, if Dario knew the board state got messed up and didn't try and correct it or call a judge to have it try and be corrected, Dario cheated, right? So I think if that is true, Dario cheated. But there's two different ways it could have come to, could have happened. Dario could have been in this situation and been like, I am trying to swap my hand with my law zone and attempted to then do that um, with like premeditated intent. The other way it could have happened is it could have been a mistake. And Dario could have just somehow ended up, although it doesn't look like that's, I don't know how you, it, it doesn't look like that's what happened. It could have happened that Dario somehow ended up with their law zone in their hand and their hand in their law zone. And then when they looked at their hand, they were like, uh, this is my law zone. And then just panicked and thought the best way to handle the situation was just to say nothing. Right. And in that situation, it's a little bit more innocent. It's still cheating, but I think there's definitely a difference between that happening. Dario just seeing that and being like, uh, I don't know what to do here. Uh, let's just continue playing the game. And then, uh, starting the turn or being like halfway through Anna's turn and being like, I'm going to try and get my hand in my loss on my loss on my hand. Right. There definitely is a difference there. I feel like. Yeah. And after analyzing it all, talking to my stream, kind of having a discussion about it. My thoughts are if I had, if I had the power here to make a judgment call, I think Dario should receive a three month, ban, a three month ban. At least I don't think it should be a permanent ban. Um, I think they should receive a three month ban. They should have to skip out on worlds in the first part of the season. And if they want to come back and continue to play Pokemon after that, then I think that would be uh fair so what in your mind makes this different than the editor situation the fact that it's less it, the editor situation would be hard to yeah it, they're definitely i think there is some room open for interpretation here whereas i think with the editor i don't think anything will ever top editor <laughs> like i think it's impossible to ever top uh cheating on stream the way editor did it that was uh crazy um but i think there's a little bit more room for an opening for interpretation here i'm a big believer in second chances in life in general and i haven't fully thought my i've said this before i haven't fully fleshed out my thought process on second chances in pokemon when the person kind of admits to having cheated um but i'm a big believer in second chances in life in general now in a in a luxury hobby luxury hobby like the pokemon tcg if you cheat in it should you just be done and kind of move on with your life maybe um but my current like thought process of it after kind of uh like i said analyzing everything on my stream is that I think Dario definitely cheated here if like everything that I talked about is true, but I, I think it'd be reasonable to allow Dario to come back in the game like after some kind of uh, temporary ban. Um, that's what I, that's how I currently, that's my current feelings on it anyways. Well, Edder's still not banned, so I wouldn't hold that's your breath true. for, <laughs> for Dario <laughs> happening. Chip's prediction on that still uh, reigning true, by the way. It would make the Edder situation even more wild if they banned Dario, but not Edder. I think that'd be like a, uh, it could get it could get it could get more crazy. How would you feel if that happened, Chip? If that was the <laughs> Yeah, I just wouldn't even know what's what's up, what's down. Are we in the matrix? Like this has to be a simulation at that point, right? No. Um yeah. and I think one thing I wanna kinda think through and clarify from our perspective, because I feel like we're kind of aligned on how we would think about this. So like there are two scenarios here, right? Where, like you said, Dario thought about do like realized he could do this on on his turn and was like okay i'm gonna do this swap my loss zone boom i've got boss orders in my hand and the other scenario is he just accidentally does this moving the cards around yeah. picks up his loss zone and then realizes it at some point in the turn so that is making a mistake and that in and of itself is not cheating right if dario accidentally swaps cards around or if you find yourself accidentally 
moving piles of cards. Like there's multiple piles of cards on the table, right? Yeah. So it's like feasible enough to think that people moving piles around, a pile gets messed up, right? It's a mistake that is going to happen at some point, has happened to people, I'm sure, at some point. When it becomes cheating is when you realize that the mistake has happened and then yep. you do nothing. Whenever you realize the mistake has happened and you're like, you know what, I'm going to try to just shake it off, pretend nothing happened. Maybe no one's watching this League Cup stream anyway. Maybe it won't get caught, you know? <laughs> but Benji Fam was there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another bust from Benji. Um, but yeah, there definitely is a difference there for sure, right? There's a difference, like, I would say on the kind of a moral, uh, ethical level as well. And it's really hard to judge those situations, I think. Um, but you know, we try and do our best to, to handle those. Um, yeah, it's really hard to like judge those situations, like the difference there. And to be um, honest, yeah, once like, you once you like, yeah, like as if Dario just like when, noticed this, yeah, how, how would you does not, he not no, fan the handout and then realize and like, I don't think I had three battle VIP pass in my <laughs> hand. I feel like I remember making some pretty easy lost zone decisions throughout this game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't play seven of these in my deck. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, that's why I'm saying like, um, in the moment, like, yeah. And, and if, if it took Dario a second, like, and looked at the hand there and noticed, and then was like, wait, hold on. And shows it to the opponents. Like, I think I, this is my lost zone. And they're like, my, my hands over here. And then if they just did that, even though they did the initial thing that happened, it would be 100% cleared up. It'd be like, oh, they just like, they. I don't know how they got there and the way they got there looked fishy, but if they just all of a sudden are just like, yo, this is my loss zone, like, then it would be fine. And it's fine to make errors and then be like, yo, I made this. I This shouldn't be how this is now. I somehow made a mistake here. Something got messed up. This should be there or that should be here. Um, and that's fine. Errors and mistakes happen all the time, but it's when the error or mistake happens and you choose to not um try to get it corrected or resolved and try and maintain the board state right and at that point it's when it becomes cheating so i think no matter what like i said if the information that um i've received and and from what i've seen i think no matter what dario cheated um i think there's a possibility it could just be dario panicked dario like looked at the hand and was like i don't know what this is i don't know where this came from uh uh but i'm just gonna keep playing the game right and if that is the case that dario just kind of panicked in that situation um you know i don't think it's uh it's not as malicious as it could have been you know but uh, I think with that said, do you have anything else to go over on this topic, Chip? Are you kind of burnt out on cheaters? I don't think so. Yeah, definitely <laughs> a little burnt out. But we can move on, and we can move on by thanking our sponsor, Dragon Shield. Huge thanks, as always, to Dragon Shield for being a sponsor of the Uncommon Energy podcast. Of course, Dragon Shield makes some of the best card gaming and tabletop gaming products and accessories on the market. Best known in the Pokemon TCG space for their excellent sleeves. Was able to crack a fresh pack of black mats this weekend at my cup, and it just felt so good. It felt so right. I'm so <laughs> glad I've got a full case of them ready to go. Yeah, huge shout out to to Dragon Shield. I got to pick out what, what colors I'm bringing with me to Japan here in uh, in like a week or so. But your stock um, back there is looking a little low. Honestly, I know <laughs> I've been going through it, bro. A long season so far. It's been a long season. <laughs> um. I yeah, might need to hit up a, a replenish going into the into the new season. That's it's so close too. The new season is like well, we have like I think we have three weeks between worlds and uh yeah, and Pittsburgh. Regional. It's like a month, yeah. I think. Yeah, but huge shout out to Dragon Shield as always for sponsoring the podcast. Uh check them out over at uh dragonshield.com slash webshop uh slash EU or US, depending on where you're located. And of course, 
as we always say, they're available literally everywhere. Amazon, Walmart, local game stores. You can find them just about anywhere. So check them out. And with it that is said, more value oh, to ahead. take your if, if you get top eight at a league cup and you win like five packs or something like that. Don't crack those packs. Trade them back into the store and get yourself two <laughs> packs of dragon shields that you'll use for multiple tournaments, multiple there cups or whatever, and move on. That's what I always did with whenever I went to Cups or Challenges and one store credit, it was always just get some Dragon Shields. That was it every single time. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's go ahead and get into Guess That Flavor Text. Flavor Text, everyone's favorite segment of the podcast. This is where me or Chip will pick a card and then read the flavor text on that card. And then it's up to the other host to try and guess which Pokemon that card belongs to. And if you get it right without using any lifelines, you get four points for each lifeline you use you get one less point today i'm picking a card for chip to try and guess chip are you ready oh a little bit of a yawn there but yeah i'm ready to go let's get it <clears throat> the first symptom of its sting is numbness the next is an itching sensation so intense that it's impossible to resist the urge to claw at your skin hmm. so i mean this could be some sort of poison type this could be some sort of bug type as well i also could feel this being like one of the jellyfish pokemon sounds like that you did give me frillish like just a couple weeks ago so then didn't you don't... give me jellicent a little yeah i think so we've been a big fan of the <laughs> the jellyfish we're running low on jellies over here i could see it being tentacool or tentacruel though or maybe toad scroll or toads Toad school, toad school, toad stool, toad school, toad school, and toad scruel. Man, they really toad's hate the cool. casters with these Pokemon names. To be honest, <laughs> let me hear the flavor text one more time. One more time, please, sir. The first symptom of its sting is numbness. The next is an itching sensation so intense that it's impossible to resist the urge to claw at your skin. Yeah, so I'm gonna want to get a little bit of help here. Let's start with what set the card is from. Art is from Silver Tempest. Ooh, okay. That should be helpful. I did open a couple boxes of Silver Tempest, so I feel like might be able to think through some of the evolution lines in there, some of the Pokemon that are there. Um, I don't think there was a Tentacool or a Tentacruel. So maybe not a jellyfish. Maybe it's more of like one of the bug Pokemon, potentially. I think there was a. Oh, is there is that Beautifly line, the one that like draws you up to six cards? I think that might be from like Lost Origin, actually. Oh. Is it Parasect? Maybe it could. OK, let me. Parasect or Paris is now kind of something I'm thinking of. But they don't really sting you, I don't think. They've got claws. You know, they're pinching you. They're not stinging you. They're <laughs> pinching you. Let me get a stage that the card is. Is a basic. Basic. I feel like you always pick basic Pokemon. Is there a reason maybe. for this? No, I thought I picked some. I guess maybe I picked more basics than evolutions. That's possible. And definitely then let's possible. go ahead and just round it out with an attack name. You're definitely going to just say like Poison Sting. Poison Sting. <laughs> so sick. <laughs> um <laughs> are you proud of yourself for that no go ahead oh man well, i think it's just funny that you said it before i said it because i thought it was gonna be funny enough when i said it but <laughs> <laughs> yeah poison sting 
yeah, I don't think there's like a Nito Rain line. I don't think you're giving me that again as well. Some poison type itching that you have to scratch it. I can't remember if that Parasect line is in Silver Tempest or if it's in a different set. I kind of think it's a different set. I'm going to just have to go with Paris. I'm not sure that that's... I'm sure that is not right, but I can't. I'm running out of time. Let's just go with it. Paris. No, it is not Paris. It is Mariani. What? Is that how you pronounce the name? Mariani? Mariani is not a Pokemon. (laughs) M-A-R-E-A-N-A-I-E. Marini? Marini? Mariani? Marini. Mariani <laughs> sounds Italian. Bro, what is wrong with you, Mariani? Marini, Marie. Then the A, is, there's like no A there. The A is silent. Yes, Mariani. Yeah. Maybe Marini. it's an maybe maybe it's an Italian Marini. Mariani. <laughs> Mariani. <laughs> Mamma mia, Mariani. <laughs> Yeah. Would you have ever gotten? Do you think no, you ever got there? I don't there? think so. This is not a Pokemon that was really on my radar. Yeah, who even like it's like the evolution is what Toxapex? Like what even is a Toxapex, you know? Like Do you know the lore of Toxapex? No, what is the lore? That they like crunch up and eat uh Corsola on like they eat the coral reef, so they eat Corsola on the oh, seabed. Really? Man. I mean Pokemon really are just like animals, right? At the end of yeah, the day, yeah, like yeah. Yeah. To survive in the cold waters of Galar, this Pokemon forms a dome with its legs enclosing its body so it can capture its own body heat. It is kind of cool looking to be honest. I've never really looked at it before. Um Toxapex? Yeah. I mean I don't know why anyone Toxapex would. Toxapex is kind of cool. Toxapex is really good in the singles video game. It's not very good in VGC, I don't think, but like in like Smogon singles, I think it was like re- at least it has been in the past. I used to watch some of that stuff, but I was talking uh, uh or I was talking about the singles versus doubles on my stream earlier because I was just kind of curious. And apparently, yeah, doubles apparently is just like the much more complicated of the two formats. But singles is kind of like the casual enjoyer's way to battle. But yeah, um, but yeah, there apparently there's like a definitely a difference in like meta and all that stuff. I'd actually know in singles that you played with all six year Pokemon. Yeah, um, yeah. It's but it's very much like. Just community based, right? Like the the official competitive format recognized by the Pokemon Company is VGC. So yeah, and like even the in game singles ladder, because like they have a a singles and a doubles competitive ladder that runs every single month. It'd be really sick if we had a TCG game that did that, but we don't. Pretty cool. Um, and the singles ladder, I'm pretty sure, is just three v. It's like bring. I can't remember if it's bring six, pick three, or if it's just bring three. I think mm-hmm. it might be bring six, pick three. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, they have like a real rank. I don't know how like every other game has a real ranked ladder, and then we get whatever. Let's just not get I mean, to be honest, their ranked ladders aren't that good when you compare it to something to like League of Legends or something like that, like the video Dude. game and the Unite ones, but. No, stop. Like, Azul, like you're comparing what you've said like 20 times. <laughs> Let's, All right, move, let's on. move on to our next topic then. <laughs> uh, this, this is probably the last major tournament before Worlds. I, was, I didn't even know this was happening until it was happening. Uh, but yeah, the Asia Open uh, Summer 
just went down and Mew's back at it. Spiritual what is gone. it with Mew just like winning <laughs> all of these Asian tournaments, man? Literally, like every know. event that happens in Asia, it's just another Fusion Mew list to look at. <laughs> and I mean, like, yeah, the last time it won in Japan, and there was a Spiritomb in the Guardian deck, right? Like, yeah, um, I'm sure there was a lot less Spiritombs floating around. I agree. Yeah. Uh, this time, but actually, I take that back. Both top four lists had Spiritomb. Gudra um, so, and lost team. So that means the Mew deck played against a Spirit Tomb in top four and was able to take it against them. But it is the fusion build, right? So they got they got the Ice Cube, they got the fusions from the Genesex to shut it down. Is Mew just that good? Yeah, maybe so. They do have the three four seal stone as well, which can kind of help you get out of the Spirit Tomb and it leaves you give at least gives you some playability. And like also, if you just win the coin flip and get to go first, I don't know what their yeah. format was for this tournament, right? Like, did they best play... out of three? It was top sixteen, best out of three. Okay. Once I got to top sixteen, it was once I got to top sixteen, it was single elimination, best out of three. Yeah, but I mean, all it takes is like you go first one game, you get good enough of a setup where even by the time they get spear yeah. two, you can respond. Like, if you all all you need to do is go first and get down seal stone, right? Draw a few yeah. cards, get a seal stone, and then like that's going to give you enough to respond to the spear two. Uh, and yeah. then like you got two more games to. You know, go first again, or maybe they prize Spiritomb, like just get set up enough to make it happen. Because, um, I mean, I, I have to imagine, like, either like Lost Zone Tina has a pretty good Mew matchup. Well, I guess it has in the past. Maybe now, like, there's no Drapion. Well, it's a little bit tougher, now, right? So. Uh, it's Spiritomb now, so I feel like it probably evens out pretty close, yeah, right? Yeah, but I mean, I feel like Drapion's almost just better because you just go knock out with Drapion and then V star power with Giratina, you know, like. It might be, to be honest. Yeah, it, it could be. I think um, one thing about Mew, though, in general, to be honest, I feel like Mew, if it plays the game a little bit, it has it, it's like it's lore for playing a game is a lot higher than other. Like if you don't just completely brick and just go like Mew Genesect pass and then like literally lose in a turn. Right. But, like when other games are kind of dirtling along, you know, like Lost Box. They whiff the turn one cram. They get a turn two cram. Okay, they find like another Pokemon to kind of stay alive. Like you're kind of just like bleeding out. Uh, I feel like Mew has way less of those bleeding out games or basically none, right? It's either you completely break as Mew or if you just get like that one battle VIP pass, you're doing everything you want every single turn, right? Um, so I feel like Mew's floor for its, its minimum uh, I'm in the game kind of games, uh, the overall power level in those games is so much higher than so many other decks. You know what I'm saying? Um, but when other decks are kind of sitting there barely surviving dirtling, like they've been out of the game for like two, three turns already. Um, but Mew never has those. Either Mew just straight bricks, but it doesn't it doesn't straight brick any more than other decks. It's just like its floor for power in the game is just a lot higher, it feels like. So um, so it is gonna punish people dead drawing more often, it feels like, you know. Yeah, and this list, um, I don't think there's anything too like spicy to talk about. They did play one Hisui and Heavy Ball, which you don't really see all that often. Or do you, then, do you yeah. see it more in this version of the deck with the ice cube? I think like you probably see it. Um, right? I don't know. I don't really. We can look at the list of that one Japan not that long ago. What did they have? Did they have the heavy ball? No heavy ball in that list. So you, they had the ice cube as well. I, I don't know. That's yeah. You should, it's I would say you see it now and then. It's like some people play it, some people don't. Yeah. Uh, I'm and pretty, it's like I'm a the type of thing where you're them. like pretty decent odds to just like hit a basic Pokemon on heavy ball. And like, yeah. even if you prize like one of your four of Genesex, grabbing it off with heavy ball is pretty good. Yeah. Making sure you can like, have those powerful ice cube and mellow turns more consistently is nice. And then also you're playing Mew. Mew loves to just have cards that you can play, 
right? So yeah. like the heavy ball, you could have nothing prized, but at least you get to play it, right? You play it, get nothing, but now you draw one more card with your next Genesect. Uh, but other than that, I mean, they did have the one cleansing gloves, which seems to be kind of a popular inclusion to be able to one yeah. hit KO a Guardi EX, make or a little bit easier to one hit KO yeah. a Guardi EX, like one less power tablet necessary. And they did take down Lugia in the final single strike Lugia. We did see a little bit from this deck in NAIC, one in top eight, a couple more kind of hanging around there. Um and from this, I think we're kind of seeing similar things to what we've seen. There's no penny in this list, but there is the one squawk. There is the Snorlax with a couple of therapy energies as well. Yeah, so a little bit extra in the single prize uh, trade-off. No Stonejourner or second Yuvatol, which we sometimes see, but has the Snorlax. Yeah, the aggressiveness of the squawk ability. The three research is like the biggest thing that stands out to me is like... That's my kind of becoming like, common, though. I'm like, I'm just like, that can't be right, bro. Like, Lugia, like... I feel like research is so powerful in Lugia. It's like, how could you not play? Yeah. Uh, but maybe the squawk kind of makes up for that enough. I guess like that's could kind of be where. I think uh, if you play squawk ability, you can get to a spot where it feels okay to play three research. But I think if you're playing three research and squawk ability, I'd be trying to play a third Iono in there. And I think even if yeah. you're not playing squawk ability and you have four research, I'm trying to fit the third Iono in there. I really like three Iono in yeah. uh, in the loop. It felt so much better to have that little bit extra hand disruption against the Lost Box and the Guardian matchup for sure. I'm a big fan of the three Iono in there. Um, but yeah, pretty standard list overall, right? Nothing too, nothing crazy really. The Snorlax is something we usually don't see yeah. in these. And they even went as far as to include the therapy energy as well. So not just like a Snorlax, just hit with it. Maybe you have like one jet or something, but usually something else is getting gusted and KO'd or the Snorlax itself is getting KO'd. So you usually don't have to worry too much about it getting stuck in the active. Um, yeah, kind of went all out, out with the therapy. What they're not playing. I mean, I guess only they're just lighter guard, on the only energy gift. a little yeah. bit. Or like the, the normal energies, I should say, right? Like, yeah, so they've got the one number. more energy card than normal. Yeah, because usually it's 13, I feel like, is usually the go-to. But that's kind of yeah. it. Um, They have the pumpkin, but they're only playing the three stadiums where it's been kind of in between three and four and pumpkin sometimes. I do kind of like not. the pumpkaboo right now with a lot of the Arceus path decks popping back up. Like, if you yeah. want to play Lugia. And Lost Tina. Yeah. A path as well i think pumpkin is probably worth it in lugia right now yeah i don't think it's bad um oh no serena and... that's it no serena plus because you got the three boss it's like yeah. the usually no radiant boss. serena brother oh radiant serena yeah yeah that is true that is true maybe not expecting as much of the lost box or feeling kind of comfortable against it in general i do think that is a favorable matchup for the deck if they don't have the kyogre um, even if they have the Kyogre, you have the Ionos now too to help us as far as hand disruption goes. So, um, yeah, maybe didn't feel like they needed this arena. Just wasn't too afraid of the, the turbo loss box specifically. Um, no, oops, we only have two other lists though. They are loss on decks. The Gudra, which I don't oh, think we've no, seen brother. making a. We have three other lists. We'll get to oh, the third true. one in a minute. <laughs> we haven't seen an appearance from a Gudra in a while. Um, and this one is like a little bit more lost boxy than just kind of straight up Gudra. Yeah, they got the Zamazenta in there, which is kind of cool. They've got a couple of Sableye, which is something I feel like I remember us talking about on the podcast, or maybe you mentioned it on the podcast at some point, is kind of just being an option to close out the game as Gudra. So yeah. it feels like this deck, you're playing a 2-2 Gudra, you're kind of just hoping to like get one Gudra established. Get that Gudra going, attack with it, Make it as hard as possible for your opponent to KO it. Eventually, it's going to go down. You're going to have 200 damage maybe in a few places, and you can use Cramorant, Zamazenta, or Sableye to kind of just clean up your game. Also, the Greninja as well. Like, Greninja is usually your tool. Yeah, sure. Like, especially, like, in the Lugia matchup, 
punch a Lugia for 200, punch a, uh, a T-Tar for uh, 200 or 170 if they had the V-Guard, and then you can go like Greninja, draw four prize cards, right? So Sableye helps with that. But then also if you go up against like a Lost Box matchup, the main attacker in the Lost Box matchup for the Lost Box deck to kind of get through your Gujos is the Dragonite, right? They're attacking with Dragonite, they're spreading damage on their own bench, and then you kind of... Uh, Clap back with your own Sableye, hit him with the Lost Mine, clean up a bunch of Comfies. Like, you know, you can get the price rate going in your favor uh, pretty aggressively. The Zamazenta kind of stands out to me as kind of like the weird Pokemon here, but maybe it's like particularly good up against like Arceus decks. Um, just having like a one price heavy hitter like that up usually against like two price decks like that is nice. So I sure it pulls its weight up against Arceus, Arceus style decks, maybe even up against like Lost Tina as well. Just like Tina takes you out, you get to punch it for 220 back, you know? Uh, Probably just good against your the price Lost Box decks. Like, yeah, like. It's just hard to KO, you know? Yeah. He's all, yeah, he's also kind of annoying to KO. Sableye doesn't kill it, KO it. Uh, Crane doesn't KO. But usually, some like if you're up against other Lost Box X things, sometimes go around something like your Zam. So. Yeah. Um, but it's like another tool in the, the, the toolbox here, which is like this box-type Guja-style deck. And then the other top four deck that we have the list for is Lost Tina. And this is really kind of the big story <laughs> of the past, like, five days in the pokemon tcg i feel like is that just this deck has blown up has been massively popular there's a bunch of people playing it at my cup this weekend on twitter i was seeing people winning cups with it i was seeing cup results where there were two or three lost tina in top eight there was five lost tina in top eight like um this deck is everywhere and it's doing pretty decently in the online events as well didn't do super good at naic had done okay in Japan. What do you think is leading to Lost Tina doing so well at this point? Uh, I think it's just because a lot of people are playing it, is my guess. I don't think the deck is still very good. Every time I pick it up, it feels the exact same, which is not which is bad. Um, so, yeah, my guess would just be... <clears throat> my guess is that just a lot of people playing it, right? That's kind of it. That'll be like the driving force. I don't think the deck is like... It's the most popular deck in the late night right now. Yeah, I don't think the deck is... I think the deck is just, like, a couple points from actually being a good deck. But I think, like, the other Tier 1, Tier 2 options are Look better. Look at this, man. Gardevoir, yeah. fourth, fourth most popular deck in the late night right now. <laughs> you have Lost Tina. Lost Tina one. and Chien Pao. Yeah, what a time. What a time we're in. But, yeah, the deck just feels like it's a couple points short of actually being, in my opinion, a good deck. I think it's just... It's still, like... It just feels the exact same. Every time I pick it up to play it, I'm like, okay... Things have changed. It's got to be better now, right? And then I play it. I'm like, literally the exact same deck. Still feels terrible to play. Put it back down and, uh, you know, go play something else. So to me, I don't know. It's just I kind of shocking that it's so popular. I think it's just got a lot of hype behind it. If a lot of people are going to play it, and the deck's not, like, actually truly awful. You know, if it can win enough games, you know, it's going to do well. But I don't know if you have a different uh, thought on the deck. Do you think it's as good as the the hype is? I mean, I think it is a very fine deck, and I definitely am not as <laughs> low on it as you are, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, like, you know, four cross switchers lets you make some cool plays. Roxanne plus Path is pretty good against a lot of different things, especially, like, the Gardevoir stuff. Roxanne Path is pretty strong there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Tina is just a good attacker, right? Like... You get it it's loaded hard. up properly. It's hard to KO. It's got 280 hit points, and it's not unreasonable that one Tina can take four prizes for you um, because of, you know, Star Requiem. Just one hit KOs literally anything that you could be playing up against. So, uh, and and also, you know, as most people are playing it, this is a little sketchy because there's literally just two water energy here, but you can attack with 
of course, Radiant Greninja, and it does become one of your stronger attackers. I think if you're attacking with just... If you only have two water energy in your deck, though, it's pretty tough to attack with Greninja unless you're making it happen via Raihan or, like, double Mirage Gate plays. Yeah, that can definitely be hard. Something to bring up the double gate to get the Greninja going. So yeah, the third one thing water that is good about this deck too is just like sometimes you go second and you can jet energy and um, abyss seeking, right? Like it just like gets you that yeah. much closer to ten that much faster. So like yeah. this is the deck that can like most aggressively get to Sableye. I feel like. Yeah, like definitely can lead to. Oh, I mean, you don't have vacuum, so I don't know if that trade off is like. And then you're leaving the two prizes yeah. on your active, so that yeah. kind of feels bad. I don't know. It's like. I feel like the jet energy did do a lot. But there's so little that's going to KO that Tina on turn two right now, right? Yeah, that's true. She and Pal, that's like just about it. Like maybe Gardevoir sometimes, Lost Box sometimes. Lost Box probably is a pretty decently high percentage, but like Arceus decks are not going to KO you turn two. Um, Gardevoir decks most of the time are not going to KO you turn two. So. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that this is a deck that we're probably going to see a decent bit from at the World Championships, to be honest. Yeah, I think it, I think we probably will, to be honest. I agree. I think it probably will come around. And there'll be a decent amount of people playing it, um, which uh, as long as I'm as long as I'm as long as my predict or my thoughts on the deck aren't wrong, I'm going to definitely like that because that'll be a lot of free matchups. But oh, snap. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe I am wrong on this one. It's a lot better than I think it is. Another deck that I or. Where was it going with this? I don't know. The next deck, the next deck, and the last deck that we have the results for here, though, is definitely one of my favorite decks uh, of all time. I don't think it's great in the meta, but it's a little bit better than I thought because I did play around with it a little bit today uh, on when I was streaming. And that's the Reggies, um, which was definitely the, I guess, surprise of the top 16 for sure to see a Reggies in the top 16. Yeah, I think everyone looks at these results and is like, okay, Mew won. But there's a Reggie's. Okay, <laughs> hold up. Let's see the list. And yeah, there's a little bit of life breathed back into this deck. It got a lot of help in Paldea Evolved. Super Odd and Luminous Energy up at the top. Artisan also being a solid potential inclusion here. Man, this deck, though, I just feel like with Iono being such a prevalent part of the <laughs> format and the fact that you can't play Gift Energy... Because yeah. it counteracts with your luminous energy, that just feels tough, man. That feels so tough. Yeah, that's like the big. That's like why Reggie's was a good deck is because of Gift Energy, right? No deck had people that tried constant... to play it before Gift Energy came out. It was fine, but when Gift Energy came out, like that Lost Origin format, Reggie's was yeah. like. I mean, you guys were like. There was like five Reggies in the top eight of that Salt Lake City, right? Something like yeah. that. <laughs> it was a like, lot of Reggies. The deck was so um, good then. The deck was very good for sure. Yeah, Reggies was very, very good then for sure. Um, so definitely, uh, definitely does not feel as powerful. Um, I don't think this is like the revival of Reggies by any means. It's cool to see it in the top 16. Uh, it definitely felt pretty good when I played it on stream the other day. I had a lot of fun with it. It's definitely a really fun deck to to pick back up and mess around with. And uh, yeah, still be... Uh, a decent uh, a decent play if you're looking to have some have some fun and winning isn't the only thing on your mind uh but yeah the lack of gift if you could somehow make it work with gift energy i think it could be a reggie comeback but it's just yeah it's impossible to make it like luminous is too important to actually be able to attack so it makes it too hard to actually ever get the gift on your pokemon because you can't have gift and luminous there so um maybe like some kind of weird build where you have like one gift energy and towards the late game 
you can make the gift energy work to attack with like Regigigas. or you got like the like in this list specifically, you do have the water or the fire and the grass. The double Please. metal. Why is that here? I have no clue. That's what I was asking. Uh, it's good against Mew. It's good against Chien Pao. Uh, it does give you an attack, like one of your attackers a little bit like the Reggie Drago. You just need the fire or the grass plus the luminous plus any energy besides the double turbo. So it gives you like one more attacker that is a little bit easier to set up than the others, I guess. And maybe that's maybe they felt like that was the one they used most often in the meta was the Registeel. So they were like, I should be able to attack Morgan system with one of my attackers. Sure. Let's make it the Registeel. And it probably is meta dependent. I think in our meta right now, it does feel like Arceus things are on the rise. So like, I would probably go to two fighting, right? Just so you can... Or just get a... Regice is really good against V Pokemon in general as well. That's like true, yeah. Like shutting down a Tina or whatever, so... And there's um, no more big parasol to like stop any of those yeah. shenanigans, right? That was a problem <laughs> for like the Reggie deck, right? Azul uh, lost to uh, quite a few big parasols, I think, with some Gudras running around, huh? I tied a lot. Of, I, I lost the one I tied oh. the other two. Okay, I okay, got okay. some ties in there. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely was not a fan. But yeah, it's cool to see the Reggies uh, getting that placement. And yeah, definitely, if you're looking to just play Pokemon and have fun. Pick up the Reggies for sure. Definitely I saw Cal time. Connor won a cup with uh, this Reggies list, or at least someone similar to it. So actually, a good good players. I mean, he could have been trolling, but I think he did oh. tweet it. <laughs> at least made the tweet, whether or not the tweet is legit. <laughs> yeah, that is to be determined, right? Yeah, maybe Reggies is actually the secret sauce right now. Maybe it's a lot better than everybody thinks. It definitely felt better than I thought it would feel. It didn't feel like it was actually a good deck and reggie's is really easy to counter as well i don't think anyone's going either way to counter it but could ever get to that status of oh this is actually a contender let me just put an avery here put a collapse stadium there whatever it might be and uh, it'll be having a tougher time for sure and i think we can move on to our final topic here where we want to talk about a few more cards that were revealed these will be things coming out in obsidian flames and obsidian flames pre-releases are starting this weekend I know Azul doesn't care about that stuff. I might go hit one up this weekend if I have some time. Depends on what we got going on around the house. But I'm going to try to to potentially get out there and go play in a pre-release. Because doing the building battle kits, it's a fun time. I enjoy it. And getting your hands on the new cards is always fun a little early. Yeah, actually, I do actually enjoy pre-releases. I, I, the last one I went to was a, a long, it was pre-COVID. But pre-releases are pretty fun. Especially with the building battle kits now, where you actually get like a decent deck to like play games with. You actually get to play Pokemon as opposed to get like stomped. Do you want to come to a pre-release this weekend? Yeah, I'll fly out right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is know, probably yeah, no a good set to go for, though. Like, I mean, you just high roll, hit the Charizard, throw that bad boy up on eBay when you get home. <laughs> <laughs> is that the move? Um, but yeah, some new cards. Start off with that Vespa Queen EX. This one's really cool. I really like the, the attack. The big attack on this one's really cool. It's got, you know, 270 HP. It's stage one. The first attack is terrible. For one grass energy, heal 60 from one of your Pokemon. But for three grass, we're looking at put three damage counters on each of your opponent's bench Pokemon. They already have damage counters on it alongside the 200 to the active, which is you're spreading a lot of damage to set up knockouts. You're doing 200 to the active. That's pressuring for a KO. Like, I don't know. That seems pretty solid to me. I think the only way that this card would ever see play. Hold on. <laughs> have you figured out the best way to set this thing up to attack yet? I mean, I was going to say Fortress EX, but is there something that's Ooh, better? There is something that's better. And I didn't know about it initially either, but I was informed. There's a better way. You want me to give you a chance to guess what it is? Uh, Gardenia? <laughs> no, it's it's actually pretty good. The way to set this thing up is actually pretty good. 
I mean, does it involve? Is it like a trainer card? Is a Pokemon? Can Cherum accelerate to this? Oh. Cherum says no rule box Pokemon, right? That is true. I don't know. It will hit me with it. What does Vespa Queen evolve from? Combi. Is there some good Combi? Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, hold on. What does Cherum do? Cherim, oh, so you accelerate to the combi <laughs> and then evolve into Vespaquin? Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Exactly. Sure. So that's not, I think that's actually pretty decent. That works, right? That works. Honestly, dude, it's broken. Vespaquin <laughs> for Worlds, but Vespaquin for Baltimore. You heard it here first. Let's run it. You mean Pittsburgh? Going back Whatever. to Baltimore? Yeah, let's, uh, no more Baltimore again. We're not going down to the Baltimore <laughs> Whatever <again>. other Pennsylvania <laughs> city, yeah. No, but yeah, I think that would actually be, that seems decent. Like, that's, uh, Seems pretty solid to me. I'm excited for some kind of Cherim Vespaqueen box type deck. Might be find some kind of grass attackers that spread some damage early, and then you get into the Vespaqueen later on in the game. I don't know, but that's cool. I mean, I think the attack is just really good. There's a lot of damage to kind of throw out there, right? Yeah, the way Azul is lining it up, I'm pretty sure this deck is terrible, but I'm going to tell you the only way that I think this card ever sees any play, and that is if somehow some Fortress EX deck is super good, super relevant which i think is possible i think toad scroll ex oh the cruel is a super good card so maybe we'll see hey, something from with that cherim is future. just better right huh in fortress toad scroll with cherim i mean it's possible hey, oh are we cooking it's possible you might actually want to like actively iono your opponent though why and, like, like pulling your energy from the deck right like you iono them to four cards like right off the rip you know yeah maybe but um... anyway uh <laughs> some grass i i think the best way for this deck this card to see play is if some grass deck is really good be it cherim or fortress one of the two the and there. you need a psychic type to hit for weakness to one hit ko something that's to me i think the best place for this card might be it cherim does rotate soon it's in battle styles so as soon as rotation hits cherim is gone but we're getting another you know january rotation to be around for a little bit um let's go ahead and move on to the Next card that's probably worth talking about here. I don't know if you had any plans to talk about anything else yet. I was gonna jump up to the belly bolt. Unless yeah, you had I, to, I have not read a lot a, of this stuff to be honest. So yeah, so we can jump up to the belly bolt then. Let's go to make a stop along okay. the way. It's got the ability insulator, prevent all damage done to this Pokemon by attacks from your opponent's lightning Pokemon. So a little bit of a wall ability. I mean, we've seen this like stage one that's immune to a certain type be a thing before and these have popped up and done well there was grant's quad wob deck that he played an araquanid in because it couldn't be hurt yep. by volcanian which was a meta relevant deck and then there was the players cup where natalie miller played um, the heat proof bronzong that couldn't be hurt by fire types right so it's like yep. these little stage ones have popped up and been decent before it's totally dependent on metas and stuff like that so if there's top tier lightning deck like if miraidon was running around everywhere and they only play lightning pokemon maybe there's some control deck or something at some point that you just slap this bad boy in play and you win the game wait so we have the bronzong with he there's a hebrew bronzong legal right now yes reprinted it basically but then we also have the, the fido or the evolution of fido yes uh, so there's two Doc's pokemon in the bun. format yeah docs but there's two pokemon in the format that say they can't be hit by fire pokemon why do we do yes. these things? Yeah, Doc's bun with the well-baked body. Can't <laughs> be burned as well, by the way. Ooh. 
Okay, that Strict might be yeah. Upgrade. Bronzong can be burned. We gotta look at the weaknesses too, though. Bronzong weak to fire, so completely cancels out being weak to fire. But Doxmon weak to metal, so if the fire deck is teching some metal Pokemon, if they're teching their own Bronzong, might want to go <laughs> with the Bronzong tech yourself. Hey, listen though, um, Bronzong's got 130 HP. That guy, he's a fatty, you know. Doxmon, that's true. Level, level ballable. Ball. Let's level get ball. it. And yeah. you can fog crystal for the basic. Oh, okay. You're already thinking. So do you have a secret Doxmon deck you haven't told us about, Chip? Yeah, I just got to wait for the fire deck to become top tier, you know? <laughs> already cooking. Uh, but yeah, now we got the belly ball in there. It's like another one to potentially, for those like scenarios. Like if your deck beats everything except this one, except Maridon, you beat everything. Maridon's a tier one deck in next meta, next format, whatever. And you yeah. beat everything except Maridon, your belly balls are coming out. So it's definitely a Pokemon to remember that exists. Yes. Um. I feel like we have to mention, scroll up a little bit, we have to mention the uh, printing of, it's been a while, um, but we've got a Bonsly for the first time in... You're just going to skip Soul Rock and Lunathone? Yep, they're not good. We can keep going. Not right now. You can read them. But it's a, it, yeah, they're not great right now, but it's like an interesting <laughs> Bonsly could I mean, be good, it though. cancels out Path to the Peak. Um, that, oh, put this in your Mew deck then. Put through the on, on your bench <laughs> in your Mew deck. Yeah, that scenario, obviously. But it's just kind of an interesting effect. And, you know, these are two Pokemon that have always historically worked in tandem. And they have in the past been very good. The Lunatone Soul Rock combo back in like the 2006, the EX era, that combo was in a lot of decks because it just shut down the right stuff. This is, you know, probably not great, <laughs> but it is unique where the. Lunatone has an ability, if you have a Soul Rock in play, ignore any effects of stadiums on your Pokemon in play. So, not Path to the Peak specifically maybe being worth it, but, like, I could see this being relevant at some point in the future. It is yeah, two maybe. bench spaces, bench, obviously, yeah. but... Gonna need, like, Skyfield to come back first before putting... Rock and soul. Well, I mean, there's definitely decks like I mean, think about like an Arceus deck, you know. Like, All right, Chip, it's time to move on. Let's okay. look at the Bonsly. It's been a while. The first Bonsly card in 16 years, and I know it's one of your favorites. The old dude Bonsly's a sick Pokemon, man. I've got a. Uh, he's right back there on the shelf. I don't know if you can see him. <laughs> to the left of the logo, <laughs> left of the sign. Yeah, I see him. Yeah, I see him. I see him. A Hang little on, let there. me get him real quick. All right, go get the Bonsly. Yeah, show everyone the Bonsly. <laughs> Yeah, but if anyone doesn't know, there's only ever one other. There's two Bonsleys ever printed in the Pokemon TCG, um, and this is now the second one that we have. The other one came out in like Diamond and Pearl or pre Diamond and Pearl. Is Diamond around Diamond and Pearl? But it's been 16 years since we've had a Bonsly. Well, no, it must be pre Diamond and Pearl. Yeah, yeah it's go. it's Diamond and Pearl base set was bond the last Bonsley card. Um, Yeesh, man. Yeah, nothing super special about this guy. 30 HP. It does have free retreat, a free attack, which is always cool, but. He's really just no here for, for moral support, you know? Yeah, no Cleffa. Um, all right, I think there's really only one more card to talk about, and it's the big one that everyone's kind of making a hubbub about. It's the stadium card um, that everyone thinks is going to make Guard for broken, possibly, maybe. I think it's, like, okay. It's definitely good in Guard for it seems. It's not out yet, so who knows what the meta looks like. Uh, but the Moonlight Hill... Once during each player's turn, that player may discard a psychic energy card from their hand in order to heal 30 damage from each of their Pokemon in play. That's a lot of value from a stadium card, as long as there's damage to be healed. And when your deck puts damage on your own Pokemon to be healed and also wants psychic energy in your discard pile, that'll be pretty good in Gardevoir, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's the fact that, so, like, the reason people have considered Champions Festival in Gardevoir up to this point is the fact that um, on your little Guardi, your, like, one prize Guardi, if you get the Champions Festival heal, you can get one more attachment to it, which lets you hit just a little bit harder. This can let you get two more attachments to it, right? Healing just that little bit extra. Yeah. So it makes a big difference. Uh, gets you on odd math as well. Sometimes that can be relevant as opposed to even, you know, HP numbers. Um, super good card. I think something that would be interesting to see is like what the final translation is, is can you discard an energy if you don't have damage in play? I'd be kind of interested to see that. I don't know that that would come up that often, I guess, but um, the way it's Ooh, worded true. right now in this, it doesn't look like you could. It's like you have yeah. to heal to discard the energy most likely. Yeah, but you could like make that happen pretty consistently. Definitely doesn't make the card. It makes the card a little bit worse, of course, but like not that much worse. Yeah. <laughs> like the card yeah, still, still seems very strong. Definitely insane in guard for. Um, I don't know. Maybe it could be a tipping point where guard for becomes. It feels a little bit too powerful in the format. What do you think about them? Like guard for definitely doesn't need more cards, right? Do you think we both agree on that? Like, do they really need to give another card that's really good with guard for? Or the one thing I was thinking. Are they giving this to, is this not for Gardevoir? Is there another Pokemon coming out with it? Because this is not coming out in Obsidian Flames, right? This is after Obsidian Flames, I believe. Yeah, I mean, it's coming out in Japan as a gym promo card Ooh, as well. Yeah, so we have we have no idea when we're, it'll probably be after Obsidian Flames that we get this, though. And Most likely one. the fall, like winter set. Yeah. Or, like the November set. So, um, and like the fact it's being distributed in Japan specifically as a promo as well. I mean, getting one cram- of their other gym again. promos is Cramomatic, right? And that's like yeah. eighty to a hundred dollars a piece for them. <laughs> like, so if anyone wants to play Mew, it's they're they're hard committed to, um, to spending that extra money. So, I mean, is that going to be the case for for this stadium in Gardevoir? Yeah, I do think like it does feel like Gardevoir doesn't necessarily need the extra support, but I don't think that this is like a tipping point that like this this is a card that to me seems very good but it doesn't make gardevoir necessarily broken or unbeatable it just is like good in it and it honestly might be better for some decks if gardevoir is playing the stadium so think about something like lugia right lugia's main problem against gardevoir right now is the fact that they at the end of the game can go iono plus temple of Sinnoh. yeah well i mean are you fitting temple of Sinnoh plus this stadium plus like artisan plus all the other different things that people are trying to put in their Gardevoir deck as far as their stadium counts. Like there's so many good potential stadiums you could be playing. You got to make the decision somewhere. And so if you're more committed to this, you know, maybe you have to take a, uh, you just have less options against something else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely true. So yeah, maybe some decks will actually like that. uh, Like that fact um, for sure. We'll definitely have to see. Um, we'll have to see in the end. And yeah, like I said, if it is coming out, I mean, we're not getting it until. Yeah, it is a little bit weird how that is released then, because like, I guess we could maybe make a pretty good assumption that it won't be being released for us alongside a bunch of good potential psychic Pokemon that could abuse it as well, because it's becoming it's coming out as like a, a gym challenge or gym whatever promo thing in Japan. So it's not trying to be released alongside a bunch of other good psychic Pokemon, right? So it's probably a good yeah, guess. It's like a one off release. So it almost yeah. is kind of like just, it's just being there for added to the current card pool. Yeah. 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 So it is just kind of there for Guardian. It feels like probably then because it is that. But um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. And I think it's the only thing to cover unless you want to look at the, uh, the Pepper card. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess we can just mention him real quick. A Scovillain EX. What do you think about this Pokemon, Azul? Um, I don't think it's as bad as some of the other ones we've seen. Like, it's okay. I mean, it's just like what two bell peppers or like. Yeah, he's he's a cool guy. I I yeah. I like Scovillain. I think Scovillain's pretty cool. Um, but it's got the spicy bind attack. Your opponent's X Pokemon is now burned, and then that Pokemon can't retreat. And then for two grass energy, two faced crush, 140 damage, and discard one card from your opponent's hand at random, and then also discard the top card of your opponent's deck. So it's a pretty energy efficient attack. It's just two grass energy, and that's I think two pretty annoying effects, honestly. Yeah, you know what that combos really well with? I don't know. Jerem. Cherim, set up your peppers and then. All right. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of so giving us much. all these sick. <laughs> right as the Cherim's about to rotate. Well, hopefully it doesn't rotate till January. All these like good because like we can Cherim combos with the, with the not like you can't put on rule box Pokemon, but they these EXs evolve from non rule box Pokemon. Cherim's about to do work. Get your Cherim's or it's too late and the price goes up. Hey, you um, want to know something, Azul? There's a non-hollow charm from uh, the Build and Battle Kit. So if you want charms, you got to go buy the non-hollows. I guess I got to go get those non-hollow charms. I might have those already, to be honest. I might have the non-hollow charms. I'm actually not oh, sure. Azul was prepped to play Snorlax charm. He was ready. Yeah, no. But I might already have the charms. Charms, I mean, that ability is good, right? Charms ability is good. Sure, sure. I was a fan of that charm Reggie Drago deck. That deck was fun, for sure. <clears throat> but yeah, charms chill. And it's become more chill with the release of these EX Pokemon when they finally uh, when they finally come out. And I think with that, Azul, that is going to do it for this week's episode. Unless you have any other thoughts, anything else you want to say, I can send us out and get us into the bonus episode. Uh, no, I think we're ready to get into that bonus episode over on the Patreon. It's way chip. Yeah, thanks a bunch to everyone for listening and supporting the Uncommon Energy Podcast. We very much appreciate it. If you did enjoy this episode, please be sure to leave us a like, leave us a review, a rating, all those good things on your favorite podcasting platforms. Also, if you're over here on the YouTube channel, be sure to drop a like and a comment. Help the algorithm help people find the podcast and uh, help us keep making this thing grow and uh, continue to make it happen and if you want to stay up to date with us the best place to do it is over on twitter you can follow myself at chipperchi azul is at azul underscore gg and you can follow the podcast at uncommon underscore energy we didn't even talk at the top of the episode by the way about how we <laughs> were delayed by a day so we apologize for that oh, yeah. uh, but <laughs> if you follow us on twitter you saw we we did update everyone last night on twitter that we're we're a day late here this week yeah We'll be back on schedule next week, or we, yeah, we should be back on schedule next week, Tuesday, 7 a.m. Eastern. So catch y'all next Tuesday. Uh, the week after that might be a little bit fluky because I'm leaving for Japan on like Sunday, but yeah, expect the regular time next week and hopefully the week after as well. But we'll have to wait and see on that one. Have a good one and uh, catch y'all in the next one.